in a war that started well before 2019. Secrets have been buried deep beyond the pale. We're here to reveal the truth. It's time for Vaccine War Headlines. Alright, this is a war and it is time for Vaccine War Headlines, Volume 22. We're talking about the VAERS report. We mm-hmm. always include the VAERS report, the VAERS numbers, for our report on Vaccine War Headlines. This is not misinformation, this is a public report. So if there are any other Facebook fact checkers or anyone else listening, please be advised. These are official statistics. This is not our opinion. These are the facts. 1,205,753 reports through March 25th, 2022. Look at those numbers. 26,396 deaths. 145,000 hospitalizations. 125,791 urgent care visits. 185,115 doctor office visits. And by the way, are you monitoring our sound to see how our levels are? You're good. We're good. Thank you. 9,533 cases of anaphylaxis, 14,949 cases of Bell's palsy, 4,423 miscarriages, those are human deaths, Added to that 26,000, so that would make it over 30,000 total. Right. 13,527 heart attacks, which basically ends your life in many ways, including 37,579 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis. 48,852 people have been permanently disabled. And the difference between the black font here on your screen and the colored font is that you can actually click on those and get directly to the statistics for each one of those things in the VAERS report. 6,256 thrombocytopenia or low platelet count, 29,751 life-threatening cases, 41,320 severe allergic reactions, and 13,224 cases of shingles. And those 29,000 cases, life-threatening cases, life-threatening. So that's life-threatening that didn't die and 26,000 that did die. So that's over 60,000, over almost pretty close to 60,000 people have died or nearly died. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And Judicial Watch has been on top of all of the... um, documentation that they can get their hands on for the last year. Um, you mean hiding it? Or Judicial Watch is digging up what they're digging Fauci's it up, been trying right. to hide. They're doing several FOIA requests in a row. So mm-hmm. their last their last one um, was talking about the fact that Fauci was like, okay, we got to use these this data for uh, to support what we want, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they say that Fauci's agency is slow rolling the release of documents about COVID, Wuhan, and gain-of-function research, said Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. At this rate, Fauci will be long retired before we even get a partial accounting for his activities. Mm-hmm. So you can read that um, full article on that link there. The blue font is, of course, the linked articles. Right. You can just mouse over the blue font and go straight to our sources here. Right. 
This one was real interesting when I saw this. I saw Dr. McCullough say this. Dr. McCullough, the most published cardiologist in the world. Now, how many uh, sets of initials does he have behind his name? 16. Yeah. <laughs> Fauci and Walensky believe the jabs don't work unless everyone takes them. This is what he was trying to convey. And do we are we going to play this video or not? No. Okay, watch this video on our channel. Just go to this one, uh, Dr. McCullough. I'll make sure there's a link up there for this, especially. This is what he said. He said he was interviewed by the BBC from the UK. And before he was interviewed, he asked them who else he had interviewed. And they said, oh, we had interviewed the big wigs at the USA, mm -hmm. at the CDC, Fauci and Walensky. And so Dr. McCullough gave his interview, but before he did, he asked them, what did they have to say? And they said this, they don't believe the jabs work unless everyone takes them. I don't understand how that works. Yeah. The belief system of those who are promoting the vaccines is the following, that the vaccines really don't work. They don't work unless everybody takes them. Every single last person including every last little child, newborn, every baby, everyone, everybody takes the vaccine on a regular basis. Oh, and continuously. It's the only way they'll work. That sounds like a scam to me. Well, right. It's like you're not going to maintain your, your weight unless you make sure that everybody has the same diet that everybody has to be on a diet if I'm going to lose weight, right? right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, it's it's By ridiculous. The way. It's a ridiculous thing. <laughs> All right. So we'll see how long our video stays up after that great information. <clears throat> we mentioned Dr. McCullough and that could be our doom. If so, mm, <laughs> Pfizer hit list. Yeah. Dr. Zelenko is probably on it. He ex exposes big pharma all the time. And actually we do have a video on this. Right. So Dr. Zelenko develops his own treatment protocol handling COVID in the first days of the pandemic. So he's famous for that. Yep. Uh, the Z-Pack. Right. He thinks that might, that uh, without recurring any kidney, okay, wait, I lost my spot. Sorry. He says that he had a perfect success rate without recurring any kidney-destroying drugs or any experimental vaccines. Dr. Zelenko thinks that it might put him at risk, and he says he's been receiving warnings that Big Pharma might have him and other dissenting doctors murdered by professional assassins. Yeah, he's actually afraid for his life, so... He actually received notification from somebody higher up. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know if it was FBI, but it sounded like it when he talked about it. But we'll listen to his interview here. Strategy is to affirm the earlier treatment that we have been promoting all along. It coincided with the EUA to bring remdesivir out of the hospitals and into the outpatient and pre-hospital setting, as well as repurpose the old HIV drugs. That's the big headline here, guys. That's, right. that's the big one right here. Remdesivir is this up here, the kidney-destroying drugs I have highlighted. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what Dr. Zelenko is talking about. It isn't COVID that people are dying from. It isn't COVID pneumonia that people are dying from. People are dying from the protocol, 
which includes remdesivir. Remdesivir is a killer, and now instead of having it prescribed, and by the way, this is another jab, instead of having it prescribed in the hospitals, now they're going to go ahead and allow it to be just given out at the outpatient and pre-hospital clinics and settings. Right. And to repurpose the old HIV drugs, which in another report, mm -hmm. if we don't do it this week, I think it says that uh, in the near future, more than half the people will have HIV because HIV is... HIV technically is just um, autoimmune deficiency syndrome. That's right. AIDS, right? right. Everybody's going to have AIDS. Well, there are lots of people who have AIDS. Mm -hmm. now, let's mm -hmm. listen to Stu Peters. Okay, let's do that. Let's go over to our page there and let's listen in. So if these people are capable of taking your children away in order to get their way, is there anything that they're incapable of? Dr. Zev Zelenko is asking himself that question right now. Dr. Z has appeared on this program many times. He developed his own treatment protocol for handling COVID in the first days of the pandemic, a protocol that he says had a perfect success rate without requiring any kidney-destroying drugs or any experimental shots. And Dr. Zelenko thinks that might put him at risk. He says that he's been receiving warnings from high-level intel people working in the United States government that Big Pharma might have him and other dissenting doctors murdered by professional assassins. Dr. Zelenko is here to talk about where all of that came from. Dr. Z, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I get a lot of threats from a lot of people, usually not, not credible. Um, but this one comes from someone who has been pretty accurate in the past, has an extensive history in the highest levels of Intel. I, th I think he's actually retired right now, but, um, and he's, he sends me once in a while, uh, information, but this time he was very specific and said that, um, he, he singled out Pfizer actually, that, uh, Borla is using, uh, his connections right now. Uh, and also his uh, PAC, his political action uh, committee, they're actually involved in this, that they're a, a hiring or planning to eliminate doctors that have been pushing for pre-hospital care of COVID-19 because uh, we are a big obstacle and nuisance to their plan, which is to this entire weapon of mass destruction has been uh, created for the purpose of uh, giving a false pretense to inject 7 billion people with a, with a liquid that has nothing to do with your health. But if we take away the fear aspect of COVID-19 by properly treating people, then people are not vo uh, motivated to be injected. So the problem here is we're encouraging vaccine hesitancy. And I'm really proud of that, by the way. I publicly say that. I encourage vaccine hesitancy because you don't need it. But uh, that is definitely contrary to the agenda of Pfizer and who they work for. And so, you know, there's a historical precedent for the pharmaceutical industry making dissenting opinions just go away. You, know, you don't have to be a genius to know that. You can just look. You know, there was a, a couple in, in Canada that were assassinated two years ago, uh, and they were owners of the hydroxychloroquine factories. 
Unbelievable. Uh, is it okay if I share some of this intel that you sent me? I mean, yeah, publicly. You can read the whole thing. I just I, I want to read some of this here, and this was a text message that was sent from this intel operative, whatever your, whoever your source is, directly to Dr. Zelenko. It says, "Protect your personal safety, Zev. Things are getting dicey, and with FDA approving pharma mandated molnupiravir and Pfizer's early treatment drugs at point of positive test." Most testing will be regulated to pharmacies and hospital clinics, plus a mandatory vaccination or updated booster synced with a passport or lack thereof after testing at the same pharmacy or facility. The committee is talking about using heavily armed security to compel compliance with police fallback. As these two treatment drugs have dangerous carcinogenic, contributory, mutagenic, and infestation retroviral potential, and of course, the danger of the vaccines, it would be inappropriate for the public to expose themselves to this process. There's more. This continues on. But I want you to explain this. So this molnupiravir is a drug. It's a pill form uh, that, that now they're going to compel. And this source is saying uh, under heavily armed presence like intimidation they're going to force or mandate people to take this pill if they use one of these failed pcr tests and they test positive for whatever this covid 19 is is that right so i have direct intel from someone that was uh part of a white house uh, briefing and the strategy is now the following because doctors like myself dr artists and many many other doctors have been effective in bringing public awareness to the necessity of pre-hospital intervention. So, and we've been effective in keeping a large percentage of people out of the hospital, which were the centers of death. So they came up with a very, very conniving, brilliant plan. They're gonna hijack our narrative and agree that pre-hospital care is essential. That's why the NIH and the CDC one month ago changed its guidelines and said, yes, after two years, by the way, of, of uh, uh, contradicting this, they said, yes, now we recommend pre-hospital treatment. But the thing is, it coincided with the emergency use authorizations to bring remdesivir out of the hospital and into the outpatient setting. And, and they're looking at even giving it to six-month-olds and also with these repurposed old HIV drugs. And so what, what's happening is that they've taken the narrative that doctors like myself have fought for for two years, and now they're going to hijack that narrative and bring the drugs of death to the public in the pre-hospital setting. So this is a problem because we are a problem to them because we, we are offering uh, over-the-counter, uh, safe, cheap, oral alternatives with a proven peer-reviewed, dozens of peer-reviewed paper record of an 85% reduction in hospitalization and death if you treat in the first few days. Well, that's really going to affect the bottom line for big pharma and for these hospital administrators, and that's problematic for them. This continues on, and the intel source told Dr. Zelenko, in general, from Borla's lobby, now Borla, for those of you that don't know, is the CEO over at Pfizer, in general, from Borla's lobby, which is, to my side, credible due to its Greek mob contacts and the godfathers of the night in Athens and Philadelphia, etc., and this new program involving the PCR test outcome mandating his and Merck's treatment drugs compelled on the spot, 
plus vaccine updates before existing the testing store for medical facilities. It's an intercept and compel scheme that reminds me of the showers at Auschwitz. He is a close partner with the Nazis around Soros, Gates, and the Rockefeller Foundation, like circa 1935 in Berlin, by behavioral comparison. What does that mean to you, Dr. Z? You know, the real people that belonged in the Nuremberg cage, but yeah, the Nazi high command, that's fine, but also Henry Ford, because he propagated the uh, protocols of the elders of Zion, which was the basis of um, anti-Semitism at that time. Hitler gave him in 1938, himself gave him a Medal of Honor, Nazi Medal of Honor. IBM executives should have been there because they made the punch card system for the concentration camps. GM should have been there because they made 75% of the trucks of Wehrmacht. Uh, Rockefeller should have been there because they funded all the eugenics research and owned the factory that made Zyklon B gas. What, what he's saying is that the accomplices or the ideological and financial supporters uh, are the really the ones that should be held accountable. And the uh, field marshals like Fauci and all these, yeah, they should be also prosecuted. But you, you have to understand that to really end this from ever happening again, you have to decapitate the head that's well hidden. So then he continues on and says, this had not metabolized into a named threat. But Borla's people have stated recent intent to, quote, completely take care of the early treatment doctors and eliminate them so as you all can't interfere further. So then he goes on to talk about why law enforcement would not be looking into this. And he said, in my book, it will get zero or honest FBI support as a threat because they are partisan Democrats at the top. And the DOJ, of course, is more geared to after the crime is committed, prima facie evidence. They'd consider you, as in Dr. Zelenko, and others, as in Dr. Artis and the others named on this assassination hit list, significant enough to career criticism of the potential perps for acting and the partisan Dems within would welcome the early treatment medical doctor's elimination. They have no idea who I actually am, and he goes on to talk about his uh, classified experience, which I'm going to skip over here. Um, in your case, I'd even trust a hunch to be safe and obtain personal security to ride the next two months. You can't begin to imagine who I've been most trusted in. And he continues on more of his stuff. But then he says this, and th this is what made the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I wouldn't waste your time if I were of the opinion that it didn't need deterrent and more. They have not yet made up their mind on personnel assignments, perps, etc., but it's being researched for execution at this time. It would metabolize quickly once that completes. Brian, meaning Dr. Brian Artis, is most immediately at risk next week and after. And yes, he's received a heads up. So when he's saying that this is going to metabolize, this, that means that they have these lists, they have named their targets, and now it is time to put this into action. Listen, first of all, I did confirm with Dr. Artis, uh, he did receive... Uh, a warning similar to mine. Um, now, from I, I a different source, our, did he receive his warning from a different source other than yours? Um, he didn't name the source, but it's consistent with the messaging that I got. So potentially multiple sources are aware of this assassination hit list. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. I, I mean, uh, so first of all, let, let me just tell you how I'm approaching it. I mean, I am doing my due diligence and I have security and I'm armed and uh, I'm not the path of least resistance, let's put it that way. But um, I don't, I'm not going to change anything that I'm doing. Um, and I'll tell you why. First of all, uh, I have multiple dead man switches, which means that I have placed critical intel, which is going to be released anyway, but it's in the process of being vetted on treatments that will eliminate the flu shot industry, that will uh, provide treatment for RSV virus, will provide an option for smallpox, herpes, human papillomavirus, and chickenpox treatments, and also to mitigate the risks of, of the poison from these vaccines. All that, all that research and technology has been already finished. It's going to be released um, after the vetting process that I have to put it through. But the data is there, and it's also placed in multiple places around the world. So if I disappear, um, the instructions are to release that immediately, flood the world with it to every media outlet possible, number one. Uh, number two, um, I'm not afraid to die. I mean, it's a... It's a we begin to die from the day we were born. And I've been a death store seven times in the last four years. So God doesn't, God has many ways to take me out of this world. It could be pulmonary artery sarcoma. I could not wake up at night or it could be an assassin's bullet. It doesn't matter to me how I die. It matters to me how I live. Amen. And so if they want to elevate me to a martyr status, thank you. Uh, the message will be amplified because uh, this is so far beyond me as an individual. It's about uh, giving humanity the hope and the freedom to live with God consciousness. That's what's at stake here. And so uh, this is a hill worthy to die on, and I'm ready to die on. All right, that that is the last bit of that video that we're going to play so now we're going to move on to these other articles here and finish up vaccine war headlines real quick here go ahead andy okay so the who is an exam is examining potential hearing problems linked to covid vaccines so now we've got tinnitus included in all the lists of side effects nice huh didn't we mention that a long time ago yes we did And then um, athletes are collapsing and Canadian schools are passing out flyers promoting the mildness of, of myocarditis. So here's Dell Bigtree talking. We now have specific knowledge that this spike protein does cause heart swelling, does cause blood clots. So is it, you know, is, is it, is it plausible, I guess is the word, is it plausible that an athlete who's at the top of their health grabs their chest and collapses over or is getting blood clots that is being caused by the vaccine? Well, it has an element in it that is designed to do exactly that. Yeah. And, and you make such a beautiful point, and it's, it goes back to the simplicity of science. A really good question everybody needs to ask themselves if they're still having doubt about whether there's a connection here is, what was happening before and what's unique to 2021? Because right. that's really what's standing out in all the data that we're looking at, not just the adverse event data. Right. Uh, it's also something that we're seeing in, in publish, uh, pu publications. And so the specificity also applies 
And I already showed you the myocarditis slide. This, I mean, even the CDC has this in one of their presentations. Yeah. Here you go. It's off the charts. It, it We've doesn't shown compare. this before, folks. Here you can see in males, the expected natural background rate one year before they were getting vaccines would have been one to five in the amount of males they were looking at. After vaccination, 116 of them ended up having myocarditis. I mean, just multiple times you go down that list, it kind of just gets worse and worse. But you're right. Even the CDC has admitted there is a direct relationship and it's across age groups. It's dose dependent, all of these things, yet they seem to feel fine putting children at this risk when they literally uh, have zero percent chance of dying. You know, there's a number in there. It's like point zero zero. You'll eventually get to a number, but it's, you know, in the zero category of risk uh, in children, yet they're putting them at a much higher risk of, of heart injury. Not only that, but they're promoting the mildness of myocarditis in the context of your little people. Yeah. There, I, I'm Canadian and I have some connections with Canadian people and groups. And I was told that they're passing out flyers at some, some person's child's school. It's like a flyer telling the parents, don't worry if your child gets myocarditis from the injections. It's not, it won't hurt them. It's mild, it'll pass. Oh it's just. I told her, listen, you have to keep those flyers because in 30 years, if we get past this, you got to frame it and show it to your great grandchildren and right. say, look at how crazy we were. <laughs> It'll be right up there in the museum next to the, the pregnant woman smoking cigarettes saying, you know, right? nine out of 10 doctors recommend this while pregnant, you know, so that's right. where we're at. And Dr. Tenpenny, here's another warning. Hemorrhagic fever virus being threatened for the next pandemic. Dr. Tenpenny was interviewed by Alex Jones, and she says that all the current actions of the health agencies point to a new bioweapon attack. Beware of the hemorrhagic fever. And this is a report that was also picked up by our newest correspondent, Natasha Wright, and she wrote an article that will be appearing on our news and opinion section on digging deeper so be watching for that as well as andrea's article take a listen to this and watch to her for at least 20 years and she joins us right now dr sherry tenpenny is a medical doctor and from what she just saw in her own private practice she became a very prominent critic of vaccine damage tenpennyimc.com vaxxer with two x's.com on twitter bus why Dr. T and she's with us because I wanted to ask her about the next phase of the globalist agenda. She was able to accurately predict what was coming, lay out what's happened, and then now they want to move to war and devaluation and end of the dollar. But what's the next phase of COVID and what are the numbers we see? Because I've got a bunch of articles here, but it's on the sides of buses in Austin, Texas. Heart attacks in children are normal now. Uh, Strokes are normal in young people. Here it is. The Sun reports, warning, as more people in their 20s suffer deadly strokes, the six signs you must never ignore. The new super cold, people that have been vaccinated, Seven News reports out of Australia, they're getting really sick. It goes on and on. So we'll talk about all this and more with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who also has a big event coming up. 
uh, that we're going to be talking about that's so important, her boot camp, which she said decades ago on my show, to train doctors and scientists what's happening, to get the medical community to stand up. So you talk about next decade's news today. This lady is why I love her so much. It's hard to get her on. She's so busy. Help trailblaze getting the medical community to not just be drones and follow orders, but to do their own research. So, doctor, great to have you here. I mean, wh wherever you want to start. Uh, you haven't been on in probably I mean, six, eight months. What's happened? Where we're going? Uh, where should we begin? Well, Alex, thank you so much again for having me on. It has been a little while, but you know, time is so compressed these days. It just all blows together. It seems like um, <laughs> every day is a week. It just goes by. It, things just like blur by. So um, to your original conversation or your, your opening remark when you said, where are we going next? Well, I feel like this is just like the, the, the calm before the storm. They really have just allowed people to take the get the boot off their neck and off the back of their heads here for a little while and you know when everything was falling apart with COVID I mean we had the truckers in Canada the truckers in the U.S. and all the people around the world revolting against these COVID passes and these mandates and these mandates everything was falling apart more and more people were saying no people were just ignoring the authorities and just like going on about their business and then we get a war so it's like, well, look at that, you know, look over there, look over there, because, um, you know, this isn't working anymore. Now we need another distraction. And all the people who learned to distrust the media and didn't trust anything Fauci or anybody else said, now they're all sucked back into believing everything that they say about this war. It's just as a mindset of American people and the people across the world just never ceases to amaze me how they are so easily misled. And my big concern now is that they're going to be releasing something new. And I believe that they're threatening hemorrhagic fever viruses. So we've already heard whispers of this in the UK um, and that the, you know, they'll have hemorrhagic fever viruses, which go into Ebola and that whole family of viruses. You know, Alex, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you the last time we spoke, but in February of 2020, I was um, I went to the CDC because there was an ACIP meeting. The Advisory Committee of Immunization Practices meets uh, three times a year. And there was an ACIP meeting that was happening right before, um, right, or right as this COVID stuff was starting to break out. I thought, well, surely they're going to be talking about COVID, coronaviruses, what they think is going to be happening. So I went down to the to, to Atlanta. I went to the CDC. This was around February 27th or 28th of, of 2020. But what were they talking about? They were talking about passing uh, and approving a new vaccine for Ebola. The entire day and a half that I was there was talking about the Ebola vaccine. And I was like, why are they talking about this with all this stuff coming out with the coronaviruses? And during the course of that meeting, not only did they approve it for use in people in high risk situations like working in labs or going to the Congo and dealing, uh, working with people that had been infected with this virus, over lunch, over lunch, they just decided that they would give this live virus vaccine to pregnant women. And then they quietly passed wow. it a few months later, making it an approval for everyone. So as they bring out these hemorrhagic fevers, and if they were able to bring the entire world to their knees over watching a few people pass out, and we don't even know what they passed out from, from and make everybody so afraid of the coronaviruses, all they're going to have to do is show a few stock images of people bleeding from their eyes or having other sort of hemorrhagic type of problems where they'll be able to bring the people to their knees again and say, well, guess what? We've already got 
got this Ebola vaccine and it's already been approved. Now, here's my conjecture, Alex, and this I don't have any proof of this. This is just Dr. Tenpenny's just uh, supposition of how they're going to roll this out is that they'll say we've got this really deadly, horrible hemorrhagic virus that's going to come out that'll make people bleed to death. And they're going to, it's going to be horrifying. But we have a vaccine already ready for you, but it's in very short supply. And we're only going to give it to those who've been vaccinated with the COVID shot. Because what they really want is the whole world injected with this COVID shot with the nanobot technology and the Bluetooth association with it and everything to do with the transhumanism movement. That's what they really want. And so it's just, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think that's how they're going to push more people into getting the COVID shot is by threatening hemorrhagic fever and saying, we've got a shot, but um, you can't have it unless you've had your COVID shot. I'm at a Yep. And there's there's our link to our other article um, about the further interview with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. So there are, like she was saying, they are letting the foot off, off the neck a little bit. Italy ends the COVID-19 state of emergency after two years of rule. Um, starting today, the Green Pass is no longer needed for citizens to access public services. And then also in Missouri, the same thing. They are um, announcing the endemic phase starting today. And Missouri governor compares COVID-19 to the flu and announces endemic phase starting today. Mm-hmm. What? Endemic. That means yeah. the end of the pandemic, right? Correct. Okay, so Missouri Governor Mike Parson announced on Wednesday that the state will treat COVID-19 like influenza and will transition to an endemic phase after two years. I wonder where they got the idea. Uh, Dr. Ryan Cole mentioned that <laughs> back in, like, two years ago. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it mutated into something else. Right. During the press conference on Wednesday at the state capitol, Governor Parson compared COVID-19 to the flu and car crashes and said that the COVID-19 crisis is over in the state of Missouri. And we are moving on. I like that quote. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Vaccine War Headlines, a production of Digging Deeper. Theme music provided to Digging Deeper by Drucifer the Aberrant. Beyond the Pale. <laughs>